Ahoy! We are back with another crop of scripted minisodes, and I'm going to play you the first of them in just a minute. But first, I want to tell you about Tab for a Cause, a browser extension that lets you raise money for charity while you do your thing online. You have, I'm assuming, entirely too many tabs open right now, yes? Well, me too, and don't even sweat it, because with Tab for a Cause, whenever you open a new tab, you'll see a beautiful photo and a small ad, and part of the money from that ad goes toward a charity of your choice. You can join our team now by signing up at tabforacause.org slash T-O-A-F-N. That's tabforacause.org slash T-O-A-F-N. Also, want to mention real quick, in case you haven't noticed, um, every episode for a while now, um, as the world continues to be terrible, I've been trying to drop a few links to places you can help in the show notes. Um, so if you want to help but are feeling overwhelmed and don't know where to start, you can always look there. Okay. Our first mini-sode this week is called The Lullaby, and I hope you enjoy it. Press this button. Yeah, the big red one right here. It's really easy, and then you just hold it like anywhere near your mouth, really, and talk like normal. Look, I figure as long as we're in the middle of some fate-of-the-world type shit, it'd be good to have a record. You know, for posterity. And then when you're done, you just hit the button again. Oh, it's moving. Those lines are going up and down. Oh, that's me. It's magic. That nice young woman, Jen, asked me to press on this red circle, and she said this object would capture my voice. I suppose the lines are what is capturing. She said to say something important. I don't know if I have anything to say, but I do remember that lullaby my nurse would sing to me when I woke in the night after a horrible dream. I hope I remember it. Let's see. How do you grow when the sun shines down? How do you grow in the spring? Do your leaves stretch long? Do you reach for the sky? Do you grow strong and tall in the spring? How do you grow when the cold winds blow? How do you grow in the winter? Do your roots stretch down deep into the ground? Do you anchor to the earth in the winter? How do you grow when the ground breaks? When the soil shakes? When the earth quakes, when your leaves break off and your roots dislodge, how do you grow? How do you stand on the broken ground? That's all I remember, but it can't have ended that way. There must have been a final verse, something about... Oh, right. 
soul is a tree How do you change to what you next need to be? A bird is not so different from what I can see Let your soul transform and be free That was the lullaby. Let's see, and now I just press this button. That was The Lullaby, written by Anya Gibeon and performed by Anya Gibeon as Arlene, with a guest appearance from Julie Reed as Jen. I'm going to play you our second mini-sode very soon, but first, I do just want to give a quick heads up about Bandcamp Fridays. Um, For any of you who don't know, we currently sell two of the songs from our show, uh, The Singing Sister and Maddie Groves, at onceafuturenerd.bandcamp.com. Bandcamp's been doing a thing called Bandcamp Fridays, um, where they temporarily waive the fees that they normally collect in order to help out artists during, you know, these rough times. And the next time they're doing that is going to be Friday, September 4th, from midnight to midnight Pacific time. So if you are interested in buying any of our music, that is a great time to do it, as all the money you spend will be going straight to us to help us keep the lights on until we get back into the studio for, you know, a full cast chapter. Now then... Our second mini-sode this week is called Straight from the Underground. Uh, there are some content warnings, so check the show notes if you're concerned at all, and otherwise, enjoy! So, something important that happened to me, huh? Now I guess now's a good time to tell you about the biggest job I ever pulled. I ripped off the bank of Armstrongard, all by myself. It's probably the gutsiest thing I ever heard of. Up until this sheer fucking lunacy we got planned for tomorrow. Now, the Bank of Armstrongard is where all the rich assholes keep their money. Or at least some of it. If you think your neighbor's gonna invade and they might win, it's smart to keep some gold outside your walls. You could bury it somewhere or build another castle, but then you gotta send a bunch of guys to guard it, and that gets expensive. So all the rich assholes just kind of came to this agreement, where they'd establish a bank and it'd be guarded just enough that the other rich assholes couldn't come in and take their shit, and then they'd know it would be safe until they needed it. And the bank gets some of the top. That's the deal. So anyway, at some point, word gets around about a big withdrawal happening. A big, big withdrawal. One of the houses. I don't even remember which. Who's got the black banners? Lionheart's, I guess? (laughs) The fuck am I asking you for? Bet if I told Brennan when this was, he could tell me exactly who was taking out money and why. But all I knew at the time was that they were sending three whole carriages to cart all the gold and silver. Now, supposedly the bank is protected by the city guard, but the great houses don't trust the city guard. I mean, nobody trusts the city guard. They work very hard to maintain that kind of distrust. Needless to say, the great houses send their own troops when something important needs doing. And for their part, the city guard don't trust any outside forces. I guess they figure if anyone's gonna get paid to beat the shit out of the people of Armstrongard, it's gonna be them. And to be fair to the city guard, which isn't something I ever thought I'd say, the great houses armed goons do walk around like they're better than the city folk armed goons. And it's the same fucking gig, right? Somebody rich picks a few guys out of the rabble who look like they can scrap, gives them weapons, and pays them just enough that they'll fuck up their fellow rabble. Anyway, point is they don't like each other. That was my in. 
Day of, I make my way to the bank square, and I find a certain city guard captain. I'm going to call him Captain Cuckold, for reasons that'll soon be clear. And I start making chit-chat, you know, asking what's going on, like I don't already know. And then I start complaining about the rich country assholes really spinning them up, right? How they throw their money around, act like they own the place, and how they're always screwing the local girls. Now, that last one was bait, and Captain Cuckold swallowed it whole. What do you mean? He says. So I point out one of the Ironheads guys, and I say, I seen him creeping out a window early this morning. And Captain Cuckold says, no shit. And he's really getting red now. So I say, yeah, on Miller's Lane, the little corner house with the green door. And he goes, that's my house. So now I'm acting all shocked. Like, I feel his pain and shit. And he says, are you sure? And I ask, does your wife wear red ribbons in her hair? And he says, how'd you know? And I say, he was all joking about it before. Put a ribbon on his donkey's tail, talking about the best ass in the city. So now Cuckold looks like his head's about to burst and storms over to look at the Zion Hoods guy's donkey. And what do you fucking know? Red ribbon on its tail. He busts a pipe, sucker punches the nearest Iron Hoods guard. In five seconds, it's an all-out brawl. And while the professional shit-kicker outers are kicking the shit out of each other, instead of the peasants for once, I sidle up to a carriage, fill up a couple of sacks with gold and silver, and then skip my ass away. Well, they were heavy, I didn't skip, but yeah. Now, you might be wondering how I knew all that shit about the donkey, about his house, and his wife. Yeah, you're pretty smart. Maybe you figured it out. Well, anyway, it was me that put the ribbon on the donkey, real sneaky-like, just before I started talking to Captain Cuckold. Also, and this was the key to the plan, I was very much fucking his wife. And I was doing a wicked good job, I understand it, but especially by the standards she was used to. And that's the thing about the city guard. No one puts in a hard day's work beating the shit out of people and then comes home like, Oh, honey, I love you so much. Let me express it in a kind and tender way. No. Those fucks always treat the people closest to them like garbage first before they turn it around on their neighbors. So I guess the moral of the story is, if it's ever useful to you, you can always fuck a guardsman's wife. He'll probably try to kill you for it, so plan for that. But the Ironheart's goons took care of that for me. If I remember, Captain Cuckold took a flail to the jaw not long before I made off with my haul. It's pretty far away, but I think I saw a tooth come out of his nose. What was I saying? Oh yeah, his wife. She was a sweet girl. Grew up in the old neighborhood. We used to call her Sunshine. Didn't really know what she was doing in the sack, but she was very grateful that I did. And that kind of gratitude goes a long way. Dawning on me that you probably didn't want to hear that part. Anyway, I gave her a pretty generous cut for her trouble. Her husband taking a dirt nap was gravy far as she was concerned. And last I heard she got out, bought a tiny piece of land somewhere and never looked back far as I know. And I say good on her. Now you might be wondering why I didn't split two, seeing as I had the biggest share. But that's just it. After a high profile job like that, you can't just throw a bunch of money around right away. So my plan was to sock it away somewhere and lay low for a bit. And then I kinda, well, you know how it is. Spend more than you mean to on whiskey, lose more than you planned playing cards. After about a year or so, I realized there was a lot less money left than I thought. You're probably thinking I'm some kind of idiot for pissing away a fortune like that. Maybe I was, but maybe it was also for the best. See, you gotta understand. 
Armstrong guard killed my kid sister. That piece of shit city deserved me. It deserved the chaos that seems to follow me around. And if I left before I'd really got my pound of flesh, it'd kind of be like letting him off easy. And trust me, those fuckers do not deserve anyone's mercy. Then again, Ma's last words were look after Katie, and I didn't. So, maybe I deserved Armstrongard. Looking back, it really was good that Sunshine got out when she did. See, she was an orphan, like a lot of us. Probably a bastard, too. Where I grew up, it was so common you didn't even bother wondering. And if you remember, right before I met you, Zal, a bunch of my old acquaintances have been dying. Natural causes, of course. Like, how it's pretty fucking natural to die when you catch four crossbow bolts in the back. I knew something was rotten. It was too many, too fast, even for Armstrong God. That's why I took that meeting with Keith Kelly, even though I knew for sure his slimy ass would set me up. Only reason I was in the bloody rat the night we met. So, I, I don't know. I forgot what I was trying to get at. Someone could probably say something about fate or the will of the gods or some shit. I don't know. Ask Nia. I gotta go. Maggie and Katie could probably use a shopping before tomorrow. All this talk has got them very fucking thirsty. That was Straight from the Underground, written by me and performed by Anya Gibeon as Regan. Our associate producers for this batch of minisodes were Mark Nielsen and Alex Story. You can become an associate producer yourself on our Patreon. Thank you, as always, for listening. I hope you enjoyed the minisodes, and we will talk to you soon. Hey, everyone. If you're enjoying The Once and Future Nerd, you might enjoy this show from our friends. Are you tired of the domestic discussions of the more pedestrian podcasts? Looking for a more enlightened way to talk about video games? Then look no further than Left Trigger Right Trigger, the video game book club, where four hosts discuss the more sophisticated issues in games. Topics include... Body parts. Zelda. The Division. Hyperlight Tokyo Drifter. Good vibes. Time Machine. Doing the cab. Uh, biscuit faces. Being terrible. Muzapan sex dance. The faces are terrible. When the mouse is away, or when the cat's a mouse. I can't tell white people apart. My body is going to dissolve. I'm playing wine. Lagashapan is just a womb. Man, this game's got hot orcs. <laughs> Left trigger, right trigger, your video game book club. Wow, that was what? really disappointing.